Okay, moving swiftly on, a team that's just getting back its quarterback against a team that might have had a quarterback that suddenly lost its way, lost his way altogether once more. The four and three Miami Dolphins are going up against the the one and five Lions, who seem to have played better than that record, but certainly haven't played anything near deserving that um, deserving any better record the last couple of weeks. Um, Column, can they reboot that offense? And my God, have they done anything to improve that defense yet? Um, la- last week, there were signs of life on, on the defense. You know, they they certainly, uh, early on, they really frustrated the, the Cowboys. And it seemed that they had used the bye to, to make changes. Unfortunately, the offense then uh, struggled. This is a, an interesting one. You could sound the re- revenge klaxon because obviously Dan Campbell once upon a time was the interim head coach of the Dolphins. And get this, in his uh, 12 game stint there, he won more games. He won five games. Uh, so he's actually has a better winning record with the Dolphins than he currently has um, with the the Lions. Um, yeah, look, th- I, I would. you'd love to see it work for Dan Gamble and for the Lions. I mean, talk about a long-suffering franchise. You know, people talk about Detroit being the factory of sadness for a reason. And there was a lot of excitement and, and hope uh, in the off-season, and we all enjoyed hard docs and, you know, some of the, the memes that came out of that. But the product on, on the field was super exciting uh, through the, the first few weeks up until they ran into the Patriots. But it's it at some point they, they just have to get, you know, get a win um and and really um put down a performance. For me though, with Tua back, it's difficult to see them getting that against the, the Dolphins. I think they'll cause the Dolphins problems given the Dolphins injuries. But I think with Tua in there, this is a game the Dolphins should win. The Lions' offense is a bit Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, the games at home, once they've lost them, they've been very explosive on offense. I mean, they're averaging 30 points a game at home, and then they go on the road, and, and we called it. We felt that they could go into Foxborough. Well, most of us called it in terms of we felt that they could get a shutout in Foxborough. It happened, and it wasn't very. It wasn't much better last week. But they did play well for last week for last week for large parts of the game, and the Cowboys got away from them in the fourth quarter. I'm not enamoured by the Dolphins' offence. I know Waddle and Hill, and they've got all the great stats, and they're picking up a lot of yards and yak and yards after the catch. But then I looked at the points in which they put up this season. With the exception of the game in Baltimore, which was a, a miraculous fourth quarter comeback where they put up 28 unanswered points. Six, 21 in week one against um, the Patriots. 16, 16, 17, 15. And then, sorry, and then there was one game with a 20. They haven't put up a lot of points, which leads me to believe that this game will be one of those that the Lions can hang around in. And I'm going to go with the Lions. I think they're going to find a way to shock us. And I don't know if it's a massive shock, but I think they'll find a way to turn turn them over. Mark made the point there. They're one of five, but you could say for large parts of the season, they've been very competitive in games to the very end, and they should have won. I'm going to run with the Lions. Dan Campbell served as interim head coach with the, with the Dolphins, he was the tight end coach there. He'd get his revenge on his former team on Sunday, and the Lions will get their second win in the season. 
Well, the uh, surprise klaxon has been sounded uh, in, in relation to that. But at the same token, the Dolphins could be sounding some klaxons even after last week's performance. Yes, they got two back. But let's bear in mind, while they started the game against the Steelers looking a million dollars, like every drive was ending in points, they put a touchdown up, they scored, I think, 13 of their points in the first quarter. They didn't score all for the second half. Their defense, however, remained strong and kept the Steelers bottled up. And I don't think the Lions' offense is necessarily as bad as the Steelers, but they are dealing with their own injuries. Amonsa St. Brown was obviously brought out of the uh, Lions' last game as well. I'm not sure of his exact status at the time of recording, but the reality is they're dealing with a few nicked-up people. They're, you know, they're on backups and a number of positions. They just don't have the depth to be able to absorb that. And I'm sorry, but again... Jared Goff has been ultimately found out. They've had a few wrinkles, which have relieved the pressure on him, given him the right opportunities. Defenses have adjusted. And once he gets found out, he's incapable. It's like the Titanic. He can't turn quickly enough uh, in relation to it. And whilst, um, let's keep the dream theme going, whilst the Sandman was finally made into a series, long-awaited, with the character Dream, uh, the famous uh, graphic novel by Neil Gaiman, After many years, it was made into uh, a TV series there recently by Amazon Prime. Um, The Lions fans are still waiting for their team to be made into an actual Super Bowl contender as they remain one of four teams who have never even made the Super Bowl. Um, It's not changing this season, to be sure. It's also not changing this game. Dolphins will have too much for me. I'm very firmly on the Dolphins to start to click again with Tua's return and everything. So, yeah, they move to five and three. They keep that AFC East extremely competitive for me. Brian, okay, Brian is Brian is a, a lone wolf uh, in, in this one because Michael is uh, going for the Dolphins. All right, good. Very good. Well, look, we're going to wrap up this segment of the podcast and we'll continue on with some other games in a second. So to kick off this next segment of the podcast, Cardinals, three and four Cardinals at the five and one Vikings. And, you know, Conum, it's hard to say that we know what to expect from the Cardinals these days. I mean, they came out with an amazing, amazingly surprising performance on Thursday Night Football, albeit fueled by uh, two Andy Dalton gifts, two pick sixes within about 60 seconds of each other. Um and to be sure that, you know, we, we looked at the Vikings in detail. We interviewed my, uh, Kevin Connell during the uh, offseason. But not, I don't think we actually predicted that they would be here coming off the bye. Five and one, you might have given them credit for. You wouldn't necessarily have given them credit or believed that they would have an effective three-game lead in the division, given they've got the tiebreaker and Green Bay's poor start to the year. Um, you've got Randy Moss hanging in the background, Colm. How are you feeling about the Vikings this weekend? Not actually Randy Moss, a Randy Moss jersey, just to be clear. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that'll, be, that'll be something. Randy Moss just uh, hang, hanging out. He had to uh, rent a room because he couldn't deal with the Dublin property prices. Um, this is, yeah, I think the, obviously they hold quite the, the lead in the division, a lot of that down to just how poor the the pack uh, the packers have been it'll be very interesting to see how they come back off the 
fine. Um, and right now, when you see the injury reports, the, the cards are quite the extensive injury report. The Vikings listed one player on their uh, injury report. So uh, that could be something to, you know, uh, keep an eye on. The The cards do not like going to the Great White North. They have lost their last 10 games in Minnesota. You have to go all the way back uh, to 1977. Um, for them to uh, get get a, a victory there, um, this again, the, yeah, this this is too well. Historically, Jekyll and Hyde for the Vikings, but this card side, you just you don't know what they're what they're going going to be, and a lot of that I think is down to the coach, the head coach who. You know, I half the time I don't know what he's doing. Like we saw Kyler Murray arguing with him on the um, side of the field again the the other night, and D Hop kind of getting involved to keep that um, from spilling over. Um, for for me, I suppose one of the things the Cards have been really good at this year, though, is takeaways and. The talked mark about the Andy Dalton um, giving them the the two gimmies. Usually, Kirk Cousins doesn't do that. Usually, he's actually pretty safe with the ball, unless when he does uh, throw an interception, it tends to be some of the worst. I think his his one that he threw against the Bears in December last year might be the worst um, interception I have ever seen, and that includes Peterman for the uh, the Bills when he had that game where he threw five, but. Um, yeah, fine. That was quite something. But um, Kirk Cousins against the Bears. I don't. I trust Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson a little bit more than I do the Carrots. This is one again, though. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Carrots finally break that streak and and get it. But I'm going to say that Kevin O'Connell, um, Justin Jefferson, and Kirk Cousins move to six and one. At some stage, we have to. Have faith in this Vikings team. Mark obviously says, don't back the Vikings or don't pick the Vikings because you'll always get it wrong. But they're getting it right this season and Connor's due to, due to the freshness of the team coming back. Um, Mark Hogan, who does a lot of our social media work, he does a number of podcasts for us during the week. Big Gardens fan had a nice content piece with Jason Hayes, who writes a number of articles for the show last week. And they're both Cardinals fans and they both spoke so disappointingly around the fact that the offence this year has stuttered and Cliff Kingsbury doesn't want to give up plays and we saw that last week again around some of the play calling and Collins touched on the fact that you know things aren't well there. Colin Murray is not happy with his, with his head coach. Things are they were quite aggressive towards one another and you, Mark, you talked about how they rebounded last week but then like how much of it was down to the Saints defence struggles and the pick sixes that kind of chose an extra 48 points. I don't see this any other way than a, than a Vikings win. I'm looking at Cousins' numbers. I mean, he's 1,500 yards and he's had his bye week. He's had nine touchdowns and, okay, he's had five interceptions. I can't believe I'm saying it because I've been so negative on the guy for so long, but he, he seems to be finally settling down and he's playing efficient football for them. And they've got the playmakers at home, Cook, Jefferson. I don't think the Cardinals can live with them, bearing in mind how... how much their offence has been off this season and I don't buy into the fact that it rebounded last week. I was looking at the point scores in terms of what the Vikings have put up. 24, 29, 28, 28. Three games in a row with averaging around 27, between 27 and 30 points. Can you genuinely see the Cardinals going in and putting up those point numbers? Not for me. Vikings. Vikings in a blowout. So I didn't realise this now. Like, I mean, we've got 
Cardinals podcast going on. We've got Broncos podcast going on. Lads, I'm just I'm just calling up Bill Belichick. I'm recording something next week just on the Patriots. Like, I mean, you know, we just, just need to balance this out a little bit, right? But um, look, Brian, you're being sucked in. And I'm going to explain to you, this is the typical honey trap going on. She looks like the woman of your dreams, but really she's a double agent for the Russians, uh, the KGB. You, you're being sucked in. That's what the Vikings are. They're sucking you in yet again. They suck us in every year. It's like everything looks right. Everything looks like it should work. Everything looks like it should be perfect. I, I'm going to just reiterate again another public service announcement for the benefit of any listeners or watchers of the Irish NFL show. If you are thinking about putting money on gambling in any way, shape, or form, please don't just gamble responsibly. If it involves the Minnesota Vikings, do not do it. I beg of you, please do not do it because it will always end in tears. Um, even in the greatest moments when we thought, no, definitely, definitely they're going to fall apart here, they pull out a win out nowhere. When we think they're on the right track, um, they somehow manage to spirit a loss out of thin air. This could be that game. This doesn't have trap game written all over it for me. This has the, This is one they're going to mess up. This is one they're going to somehow throw away yet again. And maybe it's the Cardinals with uh, the connection between Murray and D-Hop uh, coming back, having the wrong, wrong, no, wrong some of the rust off. Yeah, wrong, wrong, yeah, that's kind of makes sense. Got rid of some of the rust. That's what I'll say. Um, and... The many times against the Saints that they did look more impressive. The the thing that would worry me from a Cardinals fan is just how actually porous their defense looked on Thursday Night Football and continues to look. They've got gaps there. And so if I'm really honestly analyzing this, the Vikings offense should be able to exploit that. Um, somehow, some way, in my heart of hearts, I think the cards are going to come up in another piece of a Hail Murray magic and sneak away with a win here. But don't put money on it. Please don't put money on it. The Vikings will win this by two points, squeaking away with it. It won't be a blowout. They will win and move to 6-1. and Do you see how much I'm doubting myself even saying these words? I actually am really struggling with this, guys. But, yeah, Vikings, 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 I'm going to go for. I know why you're feeling like that, Mark, because it's been year after year of you know, misfortune for the Vikings when you think they're turning the corner. But this season, in fairness to them, they want a tight one in Wembley. Sorry, Tottenham. They want a tight one in Tottenham. Um, okay, double doink, whatever you want. But they still found a way to get over the line. They were down significantly against the Lions at home. They came back and won 28-24. They had the game won against the Bears and they let the Bears come back and get into a lead late and they went down and, and, and scored a winning touchdown. There's something different about the fact... It's a Kevin O'Connell factor. It has to be. You know, you, you, that's... They're finding ways to win these games that they used to always find ways to lose. And that's a big Bri difference Bri right now. Brian, I feel like I need a shower. I feel slightly dirty picking them because something's clearly going to go wrong uh, in relation are, are to we, it. Are we but full house, Colin? Are we full, full house? Full house. Michael is uh, on the Vikings as well. Cards are the way, so. It's absolutely doomed, is all I can say. Um Look, if the Vikings are going to do it, and Viking fans should be getting excited because it's a weak NFC this year. So um, they've got opportunities, certainly, to not only win the NFC North and how the Packers are playing, but potentially do something very dramatic in the postseason as well. So we'll...